Hey, welcome everybody to Crosspoint Church Scripture Podcast. Uh, it's your host, Pastor Josiah. Um, I'm joined, of course, in the sidecar. I am in a vintage Harley right now, and I've got in the sidecar Easton Walker, our recording engineer, and the man behind any and all Bible Man references you may hear in this podcast. <laughs> Okay, you know our mission today, if you've been listening, if you haven't, I encourage you to go back and check out the past episodes. Um, Our mission is to look at Scripture three ways, and uh, often our source for the Scripture will be uh, the verse of the day from version, a free app that you can download on your uh, device, and it will bring you uh, lots of stuff. The verse of the day is just one aspect of it. If you don't have version, you need to get into it because, to me, I can't believe how much of it is there. And it's not like one of those things where, okay, you can use some of it, but if you really want version, that'll be $17.99. No, somehow, and I'm sure it's got something to do with advertising, but somehow you can have so much stuff through um, version for free. So pretty neat. It's a good uh, resource. So anyway, uh, we use it uh, for the verse of the day. My phone gets dinged with it, and I am amazed oftentimes how much the Holy Spirit, I'm sure for him, he's like, well, it's easy for me. But to me, it's amazing that the Holy Spirit uses the verse of the day so often in my life um, because I didn't pick it. I love that aspect of it. You know, you can kind of play with your brain a little bit. If you're looking for something that you want to hear out of the Bible, you can you can look around. But when the verse of the day just comes your way, um that can help you a lot. It's a good reason, uh, just as a by the way, and this isn't what our program's about, but as a by the way, it's a good reason to have a Bible reading plan because it takes the choices out of your hands. So you don't always, you're not always curating your experience. You're not always like, here's what I need. Because that's a great trap in our culture these days, very me centered universe we live in. Me, you know, none of us are immune to it. I love me some me. And it's a trap, and the only way to get out of it is, um, and oftentimes is, to voluntarily turn some control of your life over to someone else. And so um, when you follow a Bible reading plan, then you're just, okay, this is today's chapter. So you're not kind of like in the control seat of what you're going to read. So pretty cool. And just some ideas. You know, I'm always trying to, you know, for me, reading the Bible and being devoted to it is a daily adventure, a journey, a discipline. So. Um, as I go, I'm always trying to throw out any any hints, tips, or tricks that have worked for me over the years because when I'm 102, I want to still be um, devoted to the Bible. I want to be reading it. And uh, that's a big part of our Scripture podcast. That's why we decided on Scripture as um, the best thing. We could take on some topics. We might in the future. we got a lot of plans trying to think and pray about what God would do for us, maybe get some stuff on YouTube, some discussions on topics and things. That's all good. And, uh, and I hope to do it. But topics can, again, they can just get down to what seems so important to 21st century American people versus uh, letting the Bible speak for itself. Okay, so we'll try to major in scripture and minor in topics. And um, there you go. All right. Uh, ramble over. Now we will get into our scripture of the day, which um, we have a request coming up. Sorry, ramble back on. Uh, we have a request that came in from uh, Cody Shank. I appreciate it, Cody. Um, it's a scripture out of Proverbs, so that should be interesting, and we're going to take that one on sometime this week, um, God willing. Uh, but for today, the verse of the day was too juicy, and I couldn't pass it up, okay? So it comes from the Gospel of John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, the fourth gospel. 
that starts, kicks off the New Testament. You got your four gospels, the story of Jesus and his ministry. Uh, this comes from the fourth. Um, I don't know if you're allowed to have favorite gospels. This has always been one of mine. Uh, nothing wrong with the other ones <laughs> let me hasten to say but uh john's just great it's always spoke to me and uh, now we're into john 15 which puts us towards the back of the gospel of john all all of the gospels culminate in jesus death and resurrection so we're headed that way some of them take their time about it a little bit more uh, john takes the most time about it and uh, what happens is uh, working our way to john 15 we have Jesus giving this awesome last discourse to his disciples. So he knows um, the soldiers and religious leaders have got it in for him. He celebrates the um, Last Supper with his disciples, ver- uh, chapter 13, and he begins to teach them. And you get this is where so much of the good stuff is from. If you've heard a lot of good teaching from the Gospels, you'll, a lot of it, if it's from Jesus' mouth, is coming from these. So he goes, uh, chapter 14, you got, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, uh, all this kind of stuff. They think they're killing me. I'm not. I'm laying down my life. I'm good. The Father's glorified in the Son. Uh, you keep going, chapter 14, you got Jesus promising the Holy Spirit, talking about why the Holy Spirit has come. And then you get into John 15, which has one of the most well-known uh, talks, I think, by Jesus, and one of the most well-known notes. So Jesus was a master teacher, and he was a master of the picture of the illustrated like picture sermon think about it the good shepherd um i am the way the truth the life um he my blood is poured out for you um the the story of the prodigal son uh the story of the lost coin the story of the lost sheep you know jesus just whipping them out one after another these pictures that sear into your mind the pearl of great price Uh, The man who finds a treasure buried in a field sells all that he has so he can buy the field. You know, Jesus just has these one things over and over again. So here in John 15, we're going to pick up on one of those. So that's the overall context. That's the big context of our verse. And you remember, that's one of our main priorities in the Scripture podcast is to make sure we situate our verse in in its context because it always has more power. It never takes away from a verse to look at the context. It always adds. So when we find in John 15 then, and we start zeroing in on John 15:5, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you abide in me, you can bear much fruit. Apart from me you can do nothing. Okay. Under no circumstances would anybody mistake me for having been raised on a farm, okay? Now, I was raised in Jefferson County, which is doesn't have, at the time I was living there, did not have the distinction of being rural. See, I would have taken that as a badge of honor if I could have said, yeah, I was raised in rural Missouri. Um, I don't want to use any hurtful language, but, you know, I think that Hoosier is a word that I can use here because that was more of, it was an... Uh, uncomfortable compromise between rural Missouri and suburban Missouri, okay? I was right there in the middle. But I can say this. My neighbor, one of my neighbors, was an honest-to-goodness farmer, all right? Leo Sago, older gentleman um, with a Dalmatian dog and an honest-to-goodness farm field. So did I get to see some farming kind of when I was growing up? But like I said, I am in most ways just like anyone else who was raised in the 80s, the 90s the 2000s. What do I know about farming? Not a whole lot. And even I can pick up the picture that Jesus is giving here. 
John 15, 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. I think even if you don't have a lot of farming experience, it's just so easy to get in your mind that when things grow and bear fruit, so I don't know what you're thinking of. I'm thinking of an apple tree. You got this thing growing up. It's got branches. That's where the apples come off. If you cut a branch off, it's not good for anything. I think we all get that, right? It's the apple tree's there. The trunk is there. The roots go down into the ground. It's a whole system. And if you take that branch and you cut it off, it's done. And it's only good, and actually he'll go on to say this, it's only good after that for something like starting a fire, that branch. Okay, so Jesus is giving his disciples this picture, and it's vintage Jesus, and so it's beautiful stuff, and it's good. And he's saying, I am the vine. I am the trunk. I am the main thing. And if you stay in me, you will bear a lot of fruit. Okay, so now let's look at some of the immediate. So we zeroed in. We got the bigger context of the Gospel of John. We've read our verse. And let's see if there's any power added um, by going a few verses back. So we'll go to chapter 15 now. We'll start in verse 1. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Okay, so we're bringing in some father and son type stuff here. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that he does that uh, does not does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already, now he's talking to his disciples, so don't forget that. He's, his immediate audience is his disciples. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. All right? Then we get five, I am the vine, you are the branches. And then we get to six, apart from me you can do nothing. Six, if anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. All right, so we have here kind of the entire picture of being devoted to and being a disciple of Jesus Christ. Um, this sort of thing, John uh, 15:5, keeps us from a overly religious view of our Christianity. When Jesus uh, told us to follow him, it's always personal. Do you see that? He's not talking about um, if you always follow my teachings, though he says in other ways, in other places, that that's the right thing to do. If you keep his teachings, that's life to you and peace. That's good. But here he's talking about this like you have to live in Jesus. You have to stay in him. You have to love him. You have to be, Jesus needs to be the vital source for you. And of course, that gets us into thinking about the Holy Spirit and all kinds of things that we don't have time for on this particular podcast. But if you go back and you read chapters 14, 15, 16, you're going to get a lot of good teaching on that. Okay. Especially if you go chapter 14 and then 15, you'll get a lot of good teaching about how the Holy Spirit is the presence of God himself living inside of you, and it's the way that we abide in the vine. Now, another interesting thing, and this is beautiful, and this will kind of we'll, we'll start to wind up here. Context can be so neat in ways like this. I, this, this is kind of a mind blower for me. It may not be for you because you might have already been like, yeah, I knew that already. But for me, thinking this way was is not intuitive. It's not like the way that a lot of sermons and things I've read go. But this is interesting, and it shows you the power of like a historical context. So Jesus comes. Think about it. He's born into the Bethlehem and Jerusalem and Galilee of his time. 
And he comes forward talking about God and what it really means to follow him and what the scriptures of the Jewish people were pointing to. And you guys remember what happened. He got a lot of opposition. You know, the people who at that time were in charge, the religious leaders, were like, no, you're not the son of God. The scriptures don't go the way you say they are. You don't keep the Sabbath right, and you're not doing the right stuff because you're not one of us. And so he gets, you know, resisted. And it really doesn't look good for Jesus from a certain perspective. We as Christians were like, well, we know he's the winner. We know he's the son of God, the king of kings. So it's hard for us to see how the story's really going. But Jesus gathers these followers to him, but he doesn't have very many influential people, not very many high-placed people. And his kingdom is not looking too good, right? The, the religious leaders have the temple, and they have the ear of the Roman government, and they're still in charge. And when it comes right down to it, and it's like, Jesus is like, you guys are wrong. And they're like, no, you're wrong. And we're going to show you because we're going to put you to death. It works. They are able to arrest him. Angels don't stop the whole thing. He gets falsely accused, interrogated, mocked, and beaten. No, no lightning from heaven to stop the people from doing this. They put him on the cross. You know, God doesn't come down. No angels appear to rescue him. And then he's dead. They push a spear into his side to make sure he's dead. Blood and water flow from his side. They know he's dead, dead for real. They take him down. They bury him. Now, we know about the victory three days later because the stone is rolled away and he's raised. But listen, this is John 15, 5. And to his disciples, he's telling this to them. And they don't know. They don't really get it yet. They're starting to get tuned in, but they don't really understand it yet. And Jesus is saying, you you need to stay with me. And we're like, yeah, right. He's the son of God. Stay with Jesus. Got it. But he's talking to these guys as they're like in a dark field, ready, ready for Jesus to come get arrested and killed. So when he's saying, you guys need to stay in me and you'll bear much fruit for God, you need to understand this would have been hard. They, you want to talk about faith? They'd have had to have been practicing some trust and faith in Jesus. But then, now listen, this is also a prophecy, okay? Look, let's, look go, go back to verse 6. If anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me, my words abide in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Now, these verses have been used for all kinds of stuff, and I'm not saying it's all wrong. You know, a lot of fear in verse 6, like, what if I'm not following Jesus right? Is Jesus going to throw me into a fire to be burned? Good question. Uh, we don't have time for it now. Verse 7, if I abide in Jesus, ask for whatever I wish, does that mean a Mercedes? Does that only mean saving people in China? Like, what's that mean? Okay, all good questions. But thinking about his immediate audience, what did it mean to them? Jesus tells them, if you stay in me and I stay in you, um, you you're going to do things that will last forever. And anyone who doesn't stay in me is not going to be worth anything. Now listen, shortly after Jesus was crucified by the religious leaders, and you go back and read your Gospels, you'll see one of the main reasons they crucified Jesus is they wanted to keep their place with the Roman government. They didn't want to lose their place. They felt like they had some authority and they had a chance to keep their nation in power. And so they were they didn't want Jesus messing that up by causing problems. So they have him crucified. Shortly after Jesus was raised from the dead, he sends his people out there and the Christian church has begun. That place that they wanted so bad and that temple got raised to the ground. It got destroyed and they lost their place forever. That whole system of the Sadducees and the Pharisees and that council and all that withered and died and was thrown into the fire. Do you understand? So not only is Jesus saying, okay, here's this spiritual teaching for you, but he's like prophesying. Do you see these guys who won't abide in me? They're going to be gone pretty soon. And do you know what's going to happen to Peter, Paul, 
James, John, these guys who abided in Jesus, what happened? They prayed, they asked God for things, and they turned the world upside down. And who's still around? The Christian church. The church of Jesus Christ has borne fruit. And it's 2019, and it's not over yet. Do you understand? (laughs) So it's like powerful stuff. To bring the Bible into that kind of realism is so important for us. Okay, so are there a lot of lessons in here to see about the vine and your prayer life and your Bible reading life? Yes, there are. But you need to look wider. You need to raise your head up from your Bible and look at the world around you. The church of Jesus Christ still stands just like he said it would, and those who don't abide in him don't, and they won't. And it's a very stark thing for us to understand, okay? So that helps us. We've looked at the context, what Jesus meant to the original audience, and I think also, I think you can see, that's how we've seen Jesus in these verses, okay? He stuck with his Father, and you have, you have to search hard in the globe to find someone who's never heard of Jesus Christ because he, abide, he, he said his Father would glorify his name throughout the world, and he did. And then he told his disciples to do the same thing, and they did, and look what happened. Okay? We're, we're 2019 listening on our computers to hear the teachings of a Jewish carpenter from the first century. If you haven't pinched yourself in a while to say, that's, that's pretty wild. You need to. Because that's a kind of world-changing stuff. And it gets our eyes off of our own situations and my little issues and problems. And gets them onto the fact that when Jesus said, if you abide in him, you'll make it, he, he meant it. It doesn't matter what happens to the world around you, you're going to make it. So, okay, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, Like I said, we have a request coming up from Cody for a verse in Proverbs. I'm looking forward to doing that. I am looking forward to getting some guest uh, speakers on here. And uh, just looking forward to a good future, looking into the scripture with you guys. And uh, appreciate you uh, recommending to your friends and listening regularly. Uh, We'll see you next time.